It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show with love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was the year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. And by a coincidence, I made it on. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like how long we've been doing this? Almost two years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's it's silly. (laughs) I've probably got at least another fifty to go before we're done. Yeah. (laughs) And it's I guess it's fitting that. This is just coincidence, really, that this is the episode that ended up being 100. Yeah, that, that was a funny coincidence, I think. Yeah. What a fitting one. Yeah. So today we are here to discuss episode 6 of season 4, Into the Fire. But first, a word from the ISN Underground... celebration continues. The war is over. The shadows and the Vorlons have left to go beyond the rim. Babylon 5 is one big party station. I'm sure tomorrow we'll have to figure out what comes next, but for tonight, welcome to the Third Age. This is the ISN Underground. It was the dawn of the Third Age of Comics, 15 years after the rise of the Comics Code Authority. The Bronze Age was a dream given form. Its goal? To portray superheroes in a way that was socially relevant by tackling real-world issues. It's a catch-all, a place to explore monsters, demons, gunslingers, gods, and superheroes alike. Writers and artists wrapped in house styles of sophisticated realism, creating the stuff of legends. There is no assurance of quality, but it's our last best hope for comic books. This is a retrospective of the true golden age. The year is 1970. The name of the podcast, Uncovering the Bronze Age. Tune into our feed for regular content at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com. Also home to the Quarterbin Podcast and the Shortbox Showcase. Into the Fire originally aired February 3rd, 1997. Probably close to the time of my Sadie Hawkins dance that was always in February. <laughs> <laughs> my senior year. Um, it was directed by Kevin J. Dobson, who last directed Whatever Happened to Mr. Garibaldi. Yeah. 
<laughs> that should be a new segment. What were you doing on the day this originally aired? <laughs> We're going to probably hear that a lot this coming year because it was when I was finishing high school and going off to college. <laughs> Big, important events. And it was written by JMS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get started with the recap. So the episode begins with Ivanova looking for more first one. She thinks they found them all. They found five. But Lorian's like, you know, we can we have time. There's one more. We need to find everybody else. And. And then you wonder why at that time, don't you? Yeah. He's like, we can do better. Come on. <laughs> Just one more. We found five. Five is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ivanova's life, five is pretty good. I feel pretty proud of myself. Especially because, you know, they only found two in um, one year, you know, over a year. They found the other three, what, within a um, week? Well, exactly. A very Come short on. time. Give her some, give her some credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's um wants to leave in ten minutes and um they start talking about Sheridan's tactic of hitting Vorlon targets, which Lorian thinks is good. So the yeah. Vorlons did they already have those spaces? Yeah, the observation post, mm. whatever. I don't know. Because it uh, seems pretty well structured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably already there. We haven't a- heard about them before, but I, the impression I get is those are the kind of things along the wall and border that, you know, takes out anyone who crosses their border. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Also also the point that uh, Sebastian makes in the as the Inquisitor is the Vorlons are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then again, he is kind of working for the Vorlons, he would say that. Yeah. So, yeah, then the last of the first one shows up and Lorian says, they're almost as old as the Vorlons and haven't spoken to anyone outside their own race in centuries. Yeah. He's going to introduce them. But because they all know him. Yeah. So then we go to Sheridan and the White Star Fleet in battle. Even Delin's manning a station. She's not just standing there. No, she's <laughs> actually doing something. Yeah, yeah, and they've added an extra seat as well. Yeah, for her. Yeah. They destroy a Vorlon observation post and then jump to hyperspace to rejoin the fleet. And Sherrod is impressed by this fleet that Delenn's put together. I think he's aroused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be. <laughs> it is an impressive fleet. He's really proud. You know, I really didn't think that things were actually going to happen. This episode. I was like, okay, it's just going to be more of, you know, plays. we're going to have a small battle or something, you know, and then they'll retreat and all of this stuff. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And it, we did start with a small battle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, well, the observation post. Yeah, and when we do see the fleet, you can't even see the edges of it, so you don't even know how big it is. No. But we can already see from for now, it's big. After the credits, Lead is talking to Marcus and about why they chose Coriana 6 over Centauri Prime. Oh, yes, that's a good quote. Just, just because there's more people. Yeah. They're hoping they could give Centauri Prime a chance. Yeah. I mean, Plus, the other one... ones are Centauri, so... 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. it's a slight flaw in the argument, though. That's the seat of power of a major galactic um, you know, race, you know? Yes. yes. Um, and the Coriana Six people are what, like, Stone Age, basically? Well, we're well, not quite sure, but yeah, what um, Sheridan says we're... later, you know, they oh. were forced to have a uh, shadow presence there. Yeah, they were forced. Um, mm. The Centauri kind of brought it on themselves. Yeah. Well, at least, at least yeah. a couple of them did. I guess you can't really blame the entire population. No. You can blame two people. Londo yes. and um, Reefa. Cartagia. And Reefa. And Reefa. Mm-hmm. So, three. Three people, <laughs> yeah. Three jackasses. <laughs> uh, Marcus's hair looks better in whatever way they styled it in this episode. It's a little bit more natural looking. So, um, Londo and his people arrive on Centauri Prime and we get to see Verini again. Yay! Yes! I love Verini. I love him. Borlons are less than 12 hours away, so they gotta get moving quickly. He starts barking, Londo starts barking out orders, and (laughs) he sits in the Emperor's chair for a second, which isn't. (laughs) Oh sure. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a wonderful moment. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you see the shock in in Verena's face. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, something tells me if it just so, yeah. <laughs> it was just tired. That's what people do when they're tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, something tells me if Verena wasn't there, I'd had my, hadn't made a big thing about it. Would have just continued to sit there. <laughs> Uh, I think so. Um, Alondo says they need to find Mr. Morden to tell him the bad news. And on the White Star, Delenn has heard that Ivanova has found all the first ones. Sheridan is going to keep his promise to let her be there for the final battle. So she needs to hurry up and get there. Yeah. Promise she made last week, last In a more colorful way. Like, hey, you know, if you still... want to be here, get here. Okay, now. I just got the um, message to write this call, which usually happens when we end a Skype call. Yeah. So am I still here? Yeah, you're still <laughs> here. I got kicked off for a second, but... Oh, okay. okay. Maybe that's why. Damn, you're still on Skype. Okay. So this scene, which was supposed to be in last week's episode, which is maybe... I know it's kind of weird that they were back on Babylon 5 all of a sudden. But this next scene where Lorian goes to Ivanova's quarters, they're getting ready to leave. I think it works better in this episode, though, given everything else that's going on in it. Yeah. So, yeah, we find out that his race can die through illness or injury, but they don't die from old age. Kind of reminds me of the Tolkien elves, but they can't get sick, though. They can die through injury. They can. Yeah. Um, and although we knew he was old before and he was one of the first ones, I think well, this is a point where we actually discover he was the first sentient being in the universe. I think he's... Or at least our galaxy. Yeah, I think we've... I think he's said to we share that. Uh, Esa Hadoum. Yeah. Right. Well, he said he, he was, was the, the first, first one. one, but yeah, I guess that could be interpreted different ways. Yeah. Um, That's always what I thought, anyway. Yeah, me too. And this is all very Tolkien. Oh, it really is. <laughs> There's so many parallels in this episode. I may 
point someone out because I was like writing down, yeah, this is just like this. And this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many Tolkien parallels in Babylon Five. Oh yeah. So they were born immortal. There were a few of them each year, but then the following generations, you know, they started growing old and dying. And his race discovered the Vorlons and shadows when they were infant races and helped them and the other races. But in time, they all died and moved on. You're saying they lived too long, so they have to leave and let the mortal races have the galaxy. Yeah. Except they've got two left behind as guardians. Yeah. That worked out uh, well, didn't it? (laughs) Very well, didn't it? (laughs) Saying something... Basically, like you have to have where you live. Even, what is it saying? You don't value it as much when you live as long as you as they have. Something about like, leaving um, a... love and companionship behind. Yeah, because they're fleeting. Mm-hmm. So back on Centauri Prime, Lando finds out that it wasn't Rifa who ordered Adira's death. It was Mister Morden. And that he... scene is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's good. He flipped the table, didn't he? With the couple. Yeah, yeah couple several tables. Kicked a chair. <laughs> You're a flippy table just, fan. Yes, I am. I just I want to do that in real life. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the right moment to do it. Uh, it's on my bucket list to <laughs> flip a table. Yeah, I, I know he said uh, get rid of all of uh, Cartagena's guards, but I can just imagine the guard outside of his chambers hearing London, you know, Rantarade and think, oh... Yeah, whatever. I've had to deal with worse from Cartagena. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a little bit terrified that he was going to say she's still alive and we'd have to watch uh, more love scenes and I was really <laughs> panicking there for a second. <laughs> oh, but this was much better. Oh, yeah. Now you should be panicking because they're probably coming. <laughs> they're what? The love scenes are probably coming. Oh, I know. No more smushing cheeks. Full on lips. <laughs> so Lando realizes he was played for a fool, which we already knew. We, we knew, but he didn't. <laughs> no, I. He didn't see. I, 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 that scene is just uh, really so oh, well yeah. played. Uh, <laughs> this is this is where Peter Jurassic shines. It, well, it's it's grief and anger all mixed together, and you and know you see, everything else that's going on. It's guilt and as well because and you see it in his face yeah because there's guilt in there as well because if he hadn't let uh, Morden play him they mm-hmm. wouldn't be in this position now true yeah so Susan's in a hurry to join the battle on her white star <laughs> she accidentally tells the crew to fire continuously which... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that little thing and Lorian's Tell her they can't win the battle by force. Yeah, this is JMS saying to uh, the audience directly, don't expect a huge big battle to solve this storyline. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's kind of like um, how the destroying the ring. Kind of, I'm just See, this is the one that I just came up with. <laughs> destroying the ring ended the war, not the big battle that was going on around it. True. Um, so yeah, Sheridan's saying they can't win the battle against the Vorlons and the Shadows. He's hoping the truth shall set them free. That, that <laughs> is as cryptic as it gets, isn't he? <laughs> is he playing the Vorlon again? And is Kush really gone? 
Well, <laughs> given what happens at the end of this episode, you know, all the younger races kind of have to step into that role now, so That's... the leaders have to start being cryptic. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's part of the job description. It's part of the description, yeah. So they have nukes ready and leaders ready with her mind, ready to keep her mind open for anything. Oh, yeah. So next they drag Morden before Lundo, and Morden's looking a little, I know his hair is looking a little rough. I don't know. He looked pretty boy bandy. (laughs) Yeah. Like it may have been a little bit yeah. straight, like he needed to run a cone through it. Well, I, th- I think it's only fair, <laughs> given his last scene, that, you know, he, he he's back to normal. Yeah. 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 Just a shame. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> he gives, Lando gives Morden a chance to send the shadow ships away, but Morden refuses. Like the Vorlons want to attack a large planet, and then Lando has the two shadows in the room. So, how is it that Centauri knows exactly how far away the Vorlons are, but the shadows are like, la-di-da, the Vorlons will never <laughs> attack us. Yeah, they're overconfident. Probably. Well, they, they're not going to attack them directly, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess they can't right. be overconfident. They'll never attack this planet or whatever. Mm. Mm. Satai will never directly attack us. They're never... I don't know, maybe they're not very bright, or those two weren't very bright. <laughs> yeah, um, there's actually... The shadows of the Shadow Kingdom. They're the muscle. Yeah, no, there's actually that theory that, um, you know, the dimmest shadows are sent to guard uh, Morden all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. The dimmest shadows. Because he doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, Morden doesn't... Morden. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are you in mourning? I am. I'm in Mordening. 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 <laughs> oh, And then Morium to do at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so Morden doesn't think Londo can do anything, but Londo just blows up the island. Oh my the god, that's so dangerous. Why would you have a little button that presses a nuclear weapon? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but so dangerous. Yes, it is. It's it's for the dramatic effect. (laughs) No. I have this in my pocket. Yeah, drop it or sit on it. Yeah. A cat hops in your lap and presses it. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) Just blew up that that island that looks a lot like Sicily does from outer space. Well, it's still so nice. It's also named Selene, which is almost like (laughs) Sicily but they did leave a few centauri on that island so those shadows wouldn't get suspicious and they sacrifice themselves i mean that that maneuver is almost a cartagia maneuver though that that's how scary it is yeah you know how close you can actually get to becoming cartagia like it just immense grief and anger can push mm-hmm. you to do something like that if yes. you got the power, uh, oh my word! No, uh, hope I didn't steal anybody's quote right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, oh sorry, it, it's <laughs> you can say it again. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> yeah, Morden's mm-hmm. no. screaming. <laughs> so as Morden's being dragged away, he says, "Even if the shadows lose, they have allies who will make Centauri Prime pay." Well, where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, where have we heard it before? War without end. In the future. Without end. Uh, when Sheridan goes to the future on Centauri Prime. That's what he says, Londo. Oh, you mean like the things that were growing on his neck or whatever? The Yeah, that thing. Oh, okay, okay. So Ivanova joins the fleet, tells Sheridan that Lori wants to come over ASAP. And Lena, Lena senses that they're coming. And then a... I know it's more than a buttload. It's a shit ton <laughs> of Shadow and Vorline ships show yeah. up. That is a oh, lot yeah. of ships. And yeah, they go really. Right for each other, not even paying attention to Sheridan. <laughs> Typic- typical, huh? Giants in the playground. Parents fighting. Yeah. Ignoring their children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sheridan blows up some nukes to get their attention, and Lita's like, yeah, they're pissed now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that look on her face, like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, uh, the, the, and now you see there's a reason that Sheridan has got a, a nickname. John Newcomb Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's actually very similar to the plan he used to destroy the Black Star. Exactly. You know, he set off a couple of nukes around an asteroid belt. And just waited. Yeah. Exactly. He, he just controlled them. <laughs> so Marcus arrives on Ivanova's White Star, and he's going to man the weapons, and the battle begins. And we see the big planet killer start to turn toward Coriana 6. Sheridan opens up a channel to try to talk him out of it, but they're, they might not even be listening. Lita is going to try to send a signal and the battle is going on around them. And on Centauri Prime, Londo tells Veer that he's removed the last of the shadow influence and there's a gift for Veer in the garden. Oh, that scene is priceless. Yeah, we do see a quick shot of some star fears doing some maneuvering, but then Veer arrives in the garden and we get one of my... A lot of people probably one of the favorite moments in the show. Uh, my favorite <laughs> Veer moment. We flash back to Veer telling Mr. Morgan what he wants, and Veer gets exactly what he wants. <laughs> that was like surprising. I was that was a little shocking. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I noticed how I remembered how thin Veer was looking mm-hmm. like, very thin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just look, just look at his face. Uh, what what he looks like? He says, "Should I do it? Should I not?" And then, <laughs> yeah. he, does and then he does it. Waves all. <laughs> yeah. It's like when that scene first aired, when he told um, Morty what he wanted. I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to get to this." Episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I remember you loved that scene at the time, and here we get the payoff. Uh, satisfied. That was great. Yeah. So it's, it's like. I think of all the people who told Mr. Morton what he wanted, Beer was the only one who got <laughs> what he oh, wanted. No, no. They, they, they all... get what they want. Well, they... exactly what they want and no, well. But we had really got... got what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Salida so isn't picking up anything so far. The planet killer is almost within range of Coriana 6, so they decide to call in the first ones. And they destroy the planet killer and then join the fight. What I like about the first run ships is that they come out of hyperspace different ways. 
Each yes, of the first do. four races have developed their own form of hyperspace jumps. Yeah, even the shadows kind of... Yeah. They just, kind of... They just blink in and out. <laughs> and yay for the disco ball ship. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's back. Walking <laughs> seven. Yes. And all of the first one ships look like organic type ships, so they have like an organic look to them. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah. And Londo has sent a message to the Vorlons about what they've done, and but Deer realizes there's one thing left that has been touched by the shadows, and that's Londo. Oops. And a ship shows up right on time. <laughs> so is that another planet killer? Oh, yes. That looks yeah. okay. very much like a planet it's, killer. Okay, it's moving very slowly. <laughs> Just the size of it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I love the effect of the, uh, like, a solar eclipse. Yeah. It, it just plays on the fears that people who didn't know what a solar eclipse was, what they had. It just plays on that. I love it. Plus, it also casts all of Centauri Prime into in shadow. darkness. In yeah, shadow. In shadow. Yeah. Symbology again. Yes. All throughout Babylon Prime, it's full of it. Yes, it is. So Mr. Lanier picks up a message. The Vorlons are calling in all of their ships. And we see the Vorlon ship at Centauri Prime keep going very slowly. Like, how's it going to get there in time? <laughs> It'll be the last ship. Well, I, I always imagine the planet killer can, you know, get into um, through space fairly quickly, but it's got to align mm -hmm. itself, you know, correctly with something before it sets off its main weapon. That's what takes time. It will take maneuvering, yeah. Yeah. So Lorian arrives on the bridge, and the Vorlons start talking through them, through Lita. Yes. And they take control of Sheridan, and they left. They have Delin left for the shadows. What I like in this, again, is really nice design of Delenn's dress, because she's wearing this dark red, which really works with the fact that the shadows take control of her. She's in darkness and um Sheridan is light is in light. Yeah, I didn't even notice the dress. <laughs> another fashion report maybe <laughs> Delenn's fashion report. So yeah, Sheridan was apparently hoping this would happen because um we say the other sort of working in secret he wanted everybody to be able to see what's happening so he touches Delenn and Sheridan uses his powers to allow everyone else to see what they see for some reason this made me think of Lord of the Rings too I can't remember what it was though uh, the Palantirs? No. Yeah the Palantirs uh, <laughs> but yes sort yeah, of but, sort of yes but the, yeah, the thing about the shadows and warlords it kind of um Reminded me of how the wizards were sent there to kind of guide mm -hmm. men, but they weren't really supposed to you know, rule over men. Or, yeah, or interfere too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So the Shadows and Vorlons both try to convince their person that their way is right. And mm. get to see Franklin in this thing. <laughs> and, they're, and they're not very successful, are they? Yeah. I noticed how you heard the insecty noise in the Lynn scenes. Yes. Uh, but, but also in the, uh, in Sheridan's scenes with Vorlons, you get the, um, echoey Vorlon sound going on as well. Yeah. And the, so the, uh, the two sounds related to each of the races are used. Mm hmm. And the, um, 
the thing on her neck was glowing whenever she spoke. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, and also, it's you know, you've got this woman. It's it's symbol symbolism again throughout this, and people have said it many times. But you've got Vaughn represented by this um, medieval Changing. woman in oh. frozen in ice. So it, it's an ancient way of doing things, frozen and unmoving, as yeah. opposed to a you know chaotic and constant movement and constant change from yep. the shadows of you know constantly changing who's speaking to Delane and they're always moving. Yeah, I picked up on um, none of that, but this is really cool. <laughs> yeah, so. Um... Yeah, well, um, it, 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 this whole bit takes a while, so I mean, it's we cut away from it occasionally, but we might as well just go into it. What, what did you make of um, this? You know, the whole idea of what's actually behind the wall, and you know, we've seen a lot of hints towards this before now, but this is the reveal of what is truly happening. Yeah, I felt like I felt like most of it we already knew, and I'm not positive if part of it we had just theorized and it hadn't actually been told, but I feel like most of it we knew, um, but to actually, you know, have it stated, especially by the Forlons and the Shadows, specifically, yeah. rather than, you know, like, yeah, rather than Justin, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's Canada. the main thing, isn't it? Actually, I guess Sheridan never let the other races in on what he found out on Zahadun because, or he wanted them to hear it for themselves. Yeah, from the this, shadow this of the is Boron. a much better way of hearing it. But it's, oh, even yeah. so, there's a whole bit of it of you know they have haven't directly hit up one another because they want the other race to know they've won. It's, no, it's uh, so it's not just the people in the immediate vicinity that are hearing this. Is it everyone everywhere? I don't know. It's never uh, really made clear. I think it's limited to the the, the area with the fleets, but uh, okay. I don't know. Well, even that is <laughs> it's huge. Hundred thousand people, maybe even mi mi right. millions. I'm just know, thinking of like Earth and. Uh, and I like, I'm formulating that, theories, and so I was wondering. Right, I reckon even um, the people down on Coriana Six heard this, probably, which is huge for them if they're still a Stone Age people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically, they're hearing an argument between gods. Uh huh. Essentially, yes. Which will influence their culture forever. And now they uh, think that uh, Sheridan and Delenn are gods. And essentially, they yes. Be, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, essentially, essentially um, it's the equivalent of, um, you know, Norse mythology, where, you know, yeah. you've got two you, god races going to war, and then the winners being the dominant people, the, you know, the Vikings the worshipped. But whereas here it's, you know, what? How do do they interpret it that way? Or, you know, but they're not really going to war. It, the weird thing is, they want yeah. them to choose 
decide. Uh, like, also, what was that going to do? Like, if Sheridan said, okay, fine, you know, we choose what, it, the Vorlons, then what? The Shadows yeah. are going to leave? Or the no, Shadows would no. probably attack and then they'd have to fight against the Shadows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would basically mean, right, nothing changes this time around. It would force In them a thousand into years' time. In another thousand years, maybe things will change then. Lion would probably have to say, okay, it didn't work this time around. I'm going to have to stick around another thousand years for the next person to come around and hopefully kick them out. Yeah. You know, because it's about the younger races coming into their own. You know, um, Lion probably realised this isn't going to end unless the younger races kick them out. Um, and we've got no idea how um, the Vorlons, the Shadows, and the other races of their time reacted to Lorien's race when their time came to kind of move on. It could have happened exactly the same then, that Lorien's race got too complacent and were kind of saying, right, we're still guiding you, and, you know, a coalition of races, including the Vorlons, and the shadows had to say, "No, leave. Mm-hmm. It's our time now." You know, it, it might be that you know the younger races can't fully come into their own destiny until they force the older races out. Yeah, true. And it got to one point where, um, what did they say? You'll do what we tell you to do. The others, yeah, don't know any other way, and. Like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yes, they're like, really they're not even pretending. Yeah, anymore. they're not even uh, hiding their motivations there. They're... No, no, they're, they're blatant. Yeah, they know better, and you'll do as you're told, because, you know, you haven't learned enough yet. But yes. they have. Mm. Yeah, this is when they realize that everyone's been listening, and Lorian takes them out of the... Like, Construct, or you know, whatever yeah. you call it. Reminded me of the Wheel of Time, the like Aes Sedai testing ceremony. The way out will come but once, and you get lost in there. <laughs> I was wondering what would happen if they hadn't gone with Lorien. Ooh, I, I think I think they would have died. Yeah. Essentially, um, because it, you know, a mental breakdown at the very least. So now they're in the yeah they're in the shadow cloud and it's cold and. Mm. Lorian says they're not finished. There's a shadow and a Vorlon, so they're giving everybody a chance to choose. And Which this is where Sheridan. Sorry, no. This is really interesting because this is the one point where the shadows and the Vorlons are united. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's choose or die, and both of them want it, and so it, it, that. It's like they're coming together to discipline their children yeah, to choose yeah, which parent exactly. you like the most. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. I like mommy best. Um. Well, which yeah, is but... funny because um, Sheridan's actually said, no, I prefer granddad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does. A little bit grandpa. Um, yeah, sure, they don't even have an answer when Sheridan asks them what they want. They've kind of lost their way. Oh, yeah. I love that part of the scene. And then when, um, oh yeah, the Vorlons are like, you don't speak for the rest, and the Shadows are like, they will not follow you if you're dead. <laughs> like, ouch, like, yeah, they're not even, yeah, yeah. we'll kill you instead of letting you stop our war. And so then they have, 
the first Adrazi, then a Mimbari fish ship sacrificing themselves when the shadows try to shoot missiles at them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know the voice of the shadows was Mr. Morden's voice? Yes, I noticed. Ooh, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. I did. It was. Oh, it was Ed Wasser. Not necessarily Mr. Morden's voice, but it was the same actor. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes, it is. Theories. Uh, theories. Mmm, <laughs> we're all Morden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, so we've got this scene and Sheridan's famous lines to it them, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, it just says it's time for y'all to balance. <laughs> it's actually yeah. but, but what I really like here is that when they're being told to go and, and Lorien tells them now it's time and there's this insecurity they show, both of them. Well, uh, they don't want to be alone. But well, the whole thing is, yes. when they talk to Lorien, they act like children. Yes, they do. Because it, it, it's a whole dynamic of yes, essentially metaphorically, they're his children. Yes. Just as metaphorically, Volans and the Shadows are meant to be our parents. Yep. They're shitty parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they want they want to make sure their pop was coming with them, and he says, "Yeah, I'll go with you." Yeah, and so it looks like the good guys just have won. So all yeah. the first ones leave, and Lorian says, "I don't want to go." Exactly. Yeah, and then he turns into it... a big ball of light and does leave, <laughs> and, and he says it long before someone else says those words. I, I know, know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is that uh, yes. Tolkien has been around for a very long time, but up until, you know, not too long ago, most people weren't that familiar. It wasn't until yeah. the movies started coming out that it became yeah. a huge thing, so. Yes, yeah. I agree. And, yeah, Lorian's like, nobody can stay. That's why they had to find all the first ones. So now it's up to uh, uh, the current racist to you know, teach the races that follow and then step aside when it's time. If they don't all kill themselves, he'll he'll catch them later. Yeah. Yep. Beyond the rim. And and I know we've you know, had the metaphor before, but it, it, it really is good that, you know, our story's set in one galaxy and only the advanced races explore outside of the galaxy because it takes an immense amount of time to travel between galaxies. And probably an immense amount of energy. Yeah. And, you know, you have no idea what's out in that darkness. It's, nope. It's, and it's another um, Tolkien analogy, you know. The yeah, yeah, another one. The West, where the um, gods live. Yes. To the Undying Lands. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, like, has anybody ever come back from Beyond the Rim? Like, if you just Like with the Hawaiian die. shirt on. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been on vacation. I might want to know what happened before I go out there. Yeah. Just... Well, the galaxies are just getting further and further apart. So yeah. Do it now. <laughs> do it now while it's still cheap. <laughs> uh, Frodo. Somebody, yeah, who was Frodo then? Was it, um... Ooh, well, talking analogy again, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh... 
So, yeah, all the first ones are gone. Yeah, so back on Centauri Prime, Londo just can't wrap his mind around this war being over. It's been, what, like like 60 episodes or something? I don't know. <laughs> so season two, uh, well, it really started in season three, but... Well, well for him, Shadows for him actually, one. it started at the end of season one. In the yeah. middle of season one, essentially. When he yeah, met Morden. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was side important, yeah. Yeah, and it, um, it's just, you can only assume he got a message from uh, Sheridan saying, yeah, it's all over them. You know, this is what happened. That was season yeah, probably... one? Morden showed up in season one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Episode yeah. Signs and Portents. Yes. The name of the t- the the title of 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 the of the season as well, mm. and now, uh, no, we have, we haven't haven't had the discussion yet. So I have a, I have a comment to uh, Sheridan Lens' uh, mm. little yeah. talk. Uh, it, it still veers back to his old role of cheering Londo up and actually, yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, Lando's like every time something good happens, every time I'm happy, something bad happens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you should be happy one night. Mm. Yeah. I was like, oh man, you guys are just tempting fate here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course I are. Yeah. And when they when when Veer leaves, aww, gives him a hug. Yeah. I guess Veer's going back to B5, and Lundo thinks he probably needs to be elsewhere after he tidies things oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People mad at him. I would think so. Yeah. So when the White Star gets back to Babylon 5, there, Delenn and Sheridan are talking about how it's hard to believe that everything's over and the first ones are gone and the galaxy looks smaller, feels smaller. And Sheridan says everything's their fault now. It's... It's a new age. It's yeah, she, she, the third age. Yeah. She, now we get the uh, idea of what was meant in season one in the intro. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind. Ah. Yeah. I was like, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's all all over season one because it's in the intro. Yeah. Whereas here he's actually acknowledging it. it's not just the dawn of the third age for mankind. No, it's all the third age for all for all the races. Yes, yeah. It's like it's how the war of the ring ended, and that started a new age. Yeah, Yeah. 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 the age of man rather than the age of elves. Yep. Uh, But that was the fourth age, wasn't it? Yeah. It's in Lord of the Rings, and here's the third. Yeah, but you know, it's sorry, sorry. I think it's a good it's a good way of saying it. Uh, what what Sheridan said there? Uh, yeah, it's almost December, and that's when I watch the trilogy again. I watch the trilogy every year in December, and I think this will be my tenth consecutive year. Nice. I haven't se- I haven't seen it for a while. I was considering going back reading the books. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I read the books. <laughs> oh, um, like there's a great episode. little um YouTube channel that actually also breaks down the Silmarillion into actually history chunks and rather than actually going through everything it'll just do say a history on um you know the dwarfs or history of um the the here um sorry um history of rohan yeah uh, and yeah it, it, it's done really nicely and it, 
you get that back history without having to slog through the Silmarillion. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, that was a chore. Yeah. Well, I found it uh, an interesting background. It is, but it's it, it just took uh, it was a chore it to get through. Even the audio book, even the audio book, which I is how I got through it. Even that's difficult. Yes, because that's a lot of material. Yeah, and it's essentially Tolkien's mythology. It is. Whereas, you know, and yes, JMS drew on on that heavily. (laughs) He drew on the same kind of mythology, because Tolkien's mythology is also not uh, original. Mm. The way he he puts it together, yes, it's original. The way JMS puts it together, yes, original. Mm. But the mythologies themselves are older, much, much, much older than than what both... uh, Oh, um, yeah, and... On uh, uh, what Delen says about now we create our ma- own magic. Um, yeah, uh, yeah that's a quote for that. <laughs> yeah, there's. We already know there's a group out there creating magic. Yes, yeah. they're, they're called the Technomages. Yeah, so there's already a group of the younger races who are actually more advanced than the rest of the younger races. Yes, that's an that's an interesting thing, but that's. That would be spoilery. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I see their yeah. point that it is a bit sad, you know, like to have that yeah. leave. To have yeah. that big... the idea that those are out there, those eternal beings. Yeah. With all that knowledge. Yes. And knowing that it'll probably take millions of years for our races to get there as well, that's kind of must be really daunting as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what do those races leave behind? Mm-hmm. Good question. Yeah, and there's a cute line about you know, maybe somebody's quote yeah. about not being afraid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. The Shadow War is over. Yeah, that, and that was <laughs> fast. It was. Later. It was like kind of ended real fast. Yeah, but, but it feels right. Yeah, we've though. kind of entered. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit before, and it was mentioned in the Lurker's Guide, kind of like it was well-known information at the time, I guess online maybe, that JMS did kind of speed things up a little bit because he was afraid the show was going to be canceled. Well, uh, I was wondering little... like, if that was his original plan to have it well, end. Like, I think he said episode. that this was going to... I think he said this would have been a two-parter. It would have been, it, you know, but, yeah. Essentially, at this time... Babylon 5 was the only thing propping up TNT. Uh, not, it wasn't TNT yet, it was P10. It was P10, yeah. Right. Oh, right, but basically, essentially, yeah, they were the... Uh, Babylon 5 was the only thing kind of keeping that uh, thing alive. Afloat, yeah. And they knew they had a limited amount of resources to continue making the show. And they, essentially, they were told that season four would be the last one. Mm. Interesting. So, so this, I wonder. Oh, sorry. This is this is one of the reasons that it feels feels uh, like speeding up. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, I wonder who's the oldest being in the galaxy now. Is it Sheridan's dad? Is it? Uh, is it Sheridan's dad? No. Well. Zathras' brother? 
Isathrus was 900 years old when he Did went back with... Did he say that? Yeah. Didn't he say 100? No, I'm sure Zathras said 900 years old. Ooh, that's a different story, but... Wait a Maybe second. he was at 100. Maybe he's 100, th- but I'm sure he said 900. Uh, because uh, if I remember correctly, they said that the, the the Great Machine was built about 500 years ago. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Uh, so, th- yeah, that's an interesting question, because we know Mambari lived longer than 100 years as well. Yes. We don't know exactly how long, but uh, longer. Um, and we have no idea how long the other races live for. No. So it says Sheridan's plan to lure the shadows with false information, then using nukes is kind of like what he did against the Black Star during the Earthman Bari War. Very much. Um, yeah, Ian already talked about how the four lines were frozen and the shadows moved around. Yeah. Um, um, oh, yeah, when Londo first gets in the throne room, he gathers his wits about them because he called for the ministers of war, information, transportation, and security. <laughs> yes. Uh, why wasn't the Vorlon on the White Star shown in its true form? JMS says, because we still be rendering it. <laughs> we already had a 114 effect shots and we barely got the episode done in time to upload it. Yeah, via I can imagine that. This was an effect heavy uh, uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, he was saying this would have been a two part episode, but he's kind of glad because we almost killed the effects team with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, but I, I, I'm actually really glad it's only one episode and it does go by quick quite quickly it feels right it, I think because this whole storyline has wrapped up so quickly it feels it, it's stayed the test of time because if they had dragged it out it would feel far more like a 90s TV show yeah, yeah. he's kind of glad he ended up having to be rushed he's called it art by accident again where he it would have been more laid back but he's kind of glad it worked out the way that it did yeah mm. Then uh, yeah, notice how Morden reached for his pendant when Londo blew up the island. Yes, so I did notice. That means yeah, anything. yeah. That what now? He, he wears a pendant he, around his neck. Well, he was like, no, he like reached for the pendant. What does that mean? Yeah, well, well, two <laughs> things. First of all, it was an actor's choice. It was a really that, cool pendant. Uh, that the pendant meant something to the character, and the uh, that's what the actor had created as a, as a back history for the character and then apparently there's a book where that's kind of actually confirmed that the pendant is a connection to his wife who died yeah okay and apparently yeah I mean I'm not 100% sure but I think in that book uh, the shadows basically promised they can resurrect his wife I think so I read it myself, so... Uh... And I think that's one of the reasons he's working for them. Yeah. Let's see, um... Not the final scene, um... Yeah. I guess he jokingly said that the war was about killing your parents early on, but <laughs> he was to say, no, not really, not literally, but you have to step outside of your parents' control at some point and create your own destiny. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what we see here. 
He's, uh, someone asked him if we ever learn why uh, the original Kosh was more sympathetic to the younger races, and he said that he wants to tell that story someday, and I'll have to go into one of the novels, and I think there might actually be a novel about that. Now, that's one I would want to read. Yeah. I, don't, I think there's a novel, yeah. Um, I I always took it that, yeah, um, Kosh kind of understood that, you know, the flaw in the whole war, he was maybe one of the ones that were left that, the only one of the Vaughans left that realised what they were doing was wrong and they had lost their way. And so yeah. he was still trying to guide you, you know, guide the younger races properly. Yes. And that, that basically ended up meaning, right, I've got to teach you to fight Vaughans as well as Shadows. It, what he says is to fight oh, yes. legends. And, yes, and exactly. later we see Sheridan say, Oh, you're a legend too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that, and that's exactly what, um, Kosh was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I. Oh, it does. Sorry, it does say here that part of it was because he knew Valen. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, no. Wait. Completely sure. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm completely sure. We Kosh speculated. Kosh wait, wait, wait. Wait, the what? Kosh, the co- Okay. Oh, that's so confusing. Of course, <laughs> Kosh knew Valen. <laughs> so, was Kosh was the past Kosh, right? That was Valen. Yeah. The Valen's buddy. Essentially, Kosh in this scenario is Merlin. He's Gandalf. <laughs> yes. He's Merlin. He's Gandalf. Uh, and here he comes. The fun in in the um, in the Arthur episode, well, where uh, Marcus says, "And now you're going to say he's not Merlin." <laughs> hmm. I almost, I must believe, you know, part of the Arthur legend could actually Merlin could have actually been Kosh. Yeah. You know, he could. You know, Kosh would rather come down and act as. A mentor than be seen as a um, a god angel, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, every time in our cult, you know, in Babylon Five, every time in our culture, we've got this mentor figure, this mystical mentor figure that mm-hmm. is Kosh rather than the angels that the rest of the Membari pretend to be. Yep. One last note. The main reason for going beyond the rim, there's a nice Taco Bell out there. <laughs> Ew, is there such a thing? <laughs> no. No, it's a joke about, but yeah. yeah. Nowadays, the that'd be a nice... man joke? Uh, <laughs> for UK that listeners, a... that would be a nice cheeky Nando's. Uh, what's the one that's out here? Um, I haven't been to a Taco Bell in so many years, but there's, um, I can't remember the name of it. The taco chain. Um, anyway, so it's time to say our goodbyes to ladies and gentlemen, to Mr. Morden. Yes, it is. To Aww. the first ones. Uh, oh. And the first ones. And the and first, first ones. <laughs> yep. Yay. Yay. We're happy about that. <laughs> yeah, Laurian. At least he didn't talk Going as much soon. after that initial first. Actually, he did talk a lot, but he talked a lot and, in this and, one. But... And some of it was was uh, very much exposition. Yeah, but, but I don't did, know. It, it actually I was stuff I cared it. about this time. I didn't mind it. Uh, he was pretty pretty clear in what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. And this one, it was informational. Yeah, yeah. where it's Ex- the crypticness 
this is where it gets me. It's like, okay, yeah. be quiet now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was very kind of deep actually... in some points. Yeah. I think there's also part something in here which is an information but is just a nice touch for character exploration of Ivanova of the fact her head and her heart don't talk anymore and Lauren says yes I noticed (laughs) that yes I noticed that (laughs) yeah the fact Lauren's essentially saying yeah you probably should and be like that, you know. <laughs> oh well, the, the, that that's a whole uh, quote for that. If I think, I think uh, I'm not sure I took that one. Mm. Can we put Mister Morden's head in a box like Gwyneth Paltrow's head? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's in the box? All right, do we have any quotes? Oh uh, yeah, actually have one this week. So, will you start? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, it's my experience that if you never say what you mean, you can never mean what you say. I love that the quote. Details are everything. I love that quote. <laughs> if you hadn't done it, I would have done it. Go again. Okay. Uh, which one of them? Oh, there's so many. Uh, let's say, Sheridan, it feels like the magic is gone. No, not gone. Now we make our own magic. Now we create our own legends. Now we build the future. Now we stop and Sheridan saying... Being afraid of shadows. Yeah, I like uh, it. Make some magic in the bedroom. <laughs> That's where I thought it was going. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, Marcus. Did we just win? Havana. Uh, yeah. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was on my list, but. Uh... Uh, and that's totally what Londo was and Veer were doing. They were jinxing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, ah hell! What, oh, what's yeah. going on? Ah hell means continuous fire in Membari. It's a lovely scene. And the way he just delivers it their pan and then gives a slight smirk, it just. Yes. He hasn't lost his sense worried. of humour. No, 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 he hasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. More quotes? Um. Any other? There's Sheridan one. It's like. Win or lose, we'll go down fighting. Pour it on, Mr. Lanier. Take us into the fire. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's one of the early <laughs> ones, yeah. He said the name of the episode. He said the title. Yes. And he said it uh, before the title sequence. <laughs> I think, even. Uh, well, I said oh, there's so many. Oh, just one more. I, I have one here. Marcus, then what are we doing here? Sheridan, hoping the truth will set us free before it kills us. <laughs> I said a Babylon 5 trading card this year that I got from Matt ah. A from Hooplecast. Uh, I've just realized um, that, well, not necessarily realized it for the first time, but re-realized it. I think this is what um, leads to mentioning the opening credits by the end of history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. And there's another one, Jakar saying, the day, the the year we took back what was ours. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The younger it age. It was a new age. It was a new age. Yes. Yeah, so much I mean, already. We're only six episodes in, and yeah. half the things said in the opening credits make sense now. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Okay. More, more quotes? I have one here. Uh, just one more. Okay. To characters. 
order versus chaos. Choose one. And then Sheridan. <laughs> but what if the right choice is not to choose at all? Or, actually, before that, it's to Len. Yes, choose, but only from the choices you provide. I know, I know. I know. That's, that actually sticks with me. Yeah. Uh, that's and true. Kind of get why I sometimes get really frustrated by questionnaires when it's only from the choices they provide and none of them are actually what my answer would be. Exactly. Exactly. And we see that uh, in daily life don't we, sometimes, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Choose, but only from the cho choices provided yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. You should go to like a restaurant and be like, I. You're only giving me these choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here, here we, here we, we, we're talking about very few choices. Yeah, in, in, in essence, only two. Yes. And uh, two choices, when you know they both are wrong, they're not really choices. There must be another way. I mean, it's not really Aha! Choice. Go it's to not the really other restaurant. Choice anyways, it does, just because they choose doesn't mean they get what they chose. True. Necessarily. Yeah. True. Huh. So, who is our Sheeman of the Week? Yeah. Shall mm. I start? I will go with Sheridan. He's a monumental episode for him. It, it really is. is. Yeah. If any episode we give it to him, it's kind of got to be this one. I think so. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and our Alien of the Week? Oh, that's mm. a tricky one. Oh, because so many of these we aren't going to see again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we just give it to the first ones in general? The first ones. We're not going to yeah, see them again. Because I would choose the disco ball one, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I uh, would have gone for Via, but I can I can go with the, the first ones as a group. Okay. From how the first ones? Who are the second ones? Humans. <laughs> the second ones are the are oh I don't know who knows. Well, actually, the first ones are the second ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of are we going to end up being in the Babylon Five universe? I mean, are we going to end up being called first ones by the next set of younger races? That is or, quite possible. Just tell them that we were here first and nobody else came. To see <laughs> right, because that could have been the first one. Many, many before them. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe or, or, that's or what maybe, they're doing. Or maybe yeah. just call it. Call yeah. it the, maybe we'll just be called the ancient, ancient ones. Yeah, ancient. All right, let's rate this puppy. Want to start us out, Yan? Oh, okay, <laughs> puppy. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, well, this one is so monumental uh, that for me it is a ten out of ten missing first ones. Oh. How about you, Heidi? I really enjoyed this one. Um, I was I was watching it last night, and it was getting really late, and I started kind of, I think, uh, falling asleep, coming in and out about the time that the conversation with the Vorlons and Shadows was happening, and I had no clue what was going on, and I finally just had to turn it off because I couldn't focus. <laughs> and then when I... Like came back and finished it this morning before we recorded. I was like blown away. So um, I am also going to give it a ten 
out of 10, goodbye, disco ball ship. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, we forgot. We I don't. We didn't get the get out, get the hell out of our galaxy line. But no, yeah, someone no. someone <laughs> will come with that one. It, How about you, Beth? Um, yeah, it was a really good one. It was it was surprising that it just kind of ended all in one episode. Um, uh, it was because uh, I would say it would be a ten um, up to a certain point, and then I don't know, just the. Um, I'm not sure I felt completely satisfied with how it ended. I didn't really like the whole, we only have two choices and we have to choose. It didn't really make a lot of sense why they really cared if Sheridan chose, but it was still very interesting the way they did it. And I liked how they set it up visually and with the different characters talking to each other. Um, I loved the first ones, all that. And um, the whole battle scene was really cool. So I'm going to give it nine... Morden kebabs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Ian? I really love this. Um, yeah, it's an awesome episode and great way to wrap up this war. Um, oh, yes, love the visuals and yeah, always great acting by our cast here. I can't really add more to what other people have said. Except, I this isn't my first time through the series, so I'm going to have to give it nine and a half travels beyond the rim out of ten. Okay, well, yeah, I really love this episode. It has some moments that I've been, you know, looking forward to seeing from the beginning, and you know, I'm glad to see conclusion to this plot line that's been <laughs> going on for what three seasons now. So. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, warnings to future generations that something's come at too high of a price. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> we got our VR reference. Uh, that, that must be something like uh, 9.75 total. And I, yeah, 9.7. That's a, so that good. is that's, high. Uh, highest of the season so far. Yeah, season is not long yet. So let's head over to Coriana Six and see if we can find, <laughs> see if we can protect feedback land. Let's do that. <laughs> so first, we have an email from Victor that I somehow missed when we did the summoning. Yeah, sorry, uh, Victor. Keeping, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't keeping the inbox as tidy as I normally do, and it got mixed up with junk mail. Um, so Victor says this was another good episode, which could have been titled "Don't Mess with the Warlons." Now we see that Ivanova has been learning to speak Midbari, but hasn't quite mastered it. She seems, she also seems utterly clueless about Marcus, at least for now, but the main focus is on the Centauri homeworld, where Jakar and Londo are center stage. Emperor Cartaja's circus now has a court gesture. Jester. So, <laughs> gesture. <laughs> so, Cartaja is so loathsome that even Beer, who tries to see the best that everyone has had enough, after seeing Jakar humiliated and tortured, even Veer wants to kill Cartagia. That one guy in this episode said Cartagia, the guy who told Londo about who really killed um, Adira. He just had a different accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, Delin wants to attack Zaha Doom. After all, she did so well on her first visit there. I think Lita needs to file a complaint with the Vorlon Human Resources Department. Oh, yeah. First of, first of all, now Kosh, new Kosh, 
apparently fancies, fancies himself an interior decorator, and his style is decidedly minimalist. None of that feng shui stuff for Kosh. At least she still has a bed. But it also seems that Kosh is a graduate of the Ray Rice School of Management and has no qualms about smacking Lita around. If the Orlans were supposed to be acting like parents to the younger races, it looks like they are turning into a bunch of tiger moms. They certainly showed some tough love to the four million inhabitants of Arcata 7 by destroying their world because it was home to a shadow base. Hmm, do we know any other world the shadows have based ships on? There's, our, there's an armada of Vorlon ships at, in hyperspace just waiting to pay a visit. Finally, there's the triumphant return of Captain Sheridan, who used to be dead, but he's better now. Just go with it. Anyway, this looks promising. The big bad Vorlons are on the move, and Sheridan is getting the band back together for a return to Zahadun. So this one gets nine brickbat lingeries out of ten. <laughs> Regards, Victor. <laughs> oh, so we can oh. get oh, yeah. So yeah, we posted a bunch of episodes this week. So we have a comment on falling towards apotheosis from Lyra. Nice. I want to take that. Uh, I can, <clears throat> I can take it. Hold on. Wow, I'm shocked. Summoning to me was meh. Okay. Well, you seem to love it. Then this episode, to me, was pure gold, while you had the opposite attitude. Did we? I don't know that we hated it or yeah, anything. We did. Yeah, we weren't too high on... We gave it like sevens and well, eights. falling toward It's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe we bashed it during the show, <laughs> Very but possible. Gave, it, gave it high ratings. <laughs> Interesting. I am also shocked you found no quotes from Londo's hilarious pleading speech to Cartagia. An alien of the week given to brief CGI... Uh, of Kosh. I think Londo last got the award from you in early season one. Wow. Anyway, different opinions. Londo can't won in season one. I'm sure he's done so much since that we've rewarded him for. He's just done so much evil. I guess we probably don't think to give him. <laughs> um, and she continues. And beyond season five, well, the leftover TV films and directed DVDs are still there. Winky face. <laughs> not sure what that's about. It's probably something we said in the show. I don't remember that. Okay. We also got late feedback from Lori and Carl on the long night. I'm gonna take yeah, that. I can do that one. Some very brief feedback and ratings belatedly for the long night. Overall, a very strong episode with stellar performances by Londo, Veer, and Jakar. All of those scenes were very memorable. Another very memorable moment was Ivanova telling the story about playing with dolls and her mother. It really struck me as so very real. Carl had been slightly spoiled on V5 regarding a quote that finally came up in this episode. He reads the online comics. O-O-T-S? Is that like the name of the comics? I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, from the website, Giant on the Playground, which comes from the Babylon 5 quote, Giants in the Playground, unaware of whom they are stepping on. Lori's ratings, 9 out of 10 poisonous stabbings. Human, Erickson, alien, fear. Carl's ratings, 2, the Tennyson poem. And if it was not read last week, who can remember? Though we are not, <laughs> though we are not now of that strength, which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. 
And now I think we're to this episode. We have an email from Victor. So this is Victor's um from this week rather than anything we left in the mailbox. <laughs> okay. This was a pivotal episode in which the war reached its conclusion, but it was even more entertaining to watch the other Sioux drop on Centauri Prime. Lando is devastated when he learns that it was Morden and not Reaper who killed Adira. Not that he was wrong to kill Slimy Lord Reaper, that jerk had it coming anyway, just on general principles. Yeah. And now Morden has been restored to his usual appearance, but not for long. For once, Lando's plan worked to perfection, and Morden's head has, is placed on a pike, just foreshadowed by Veer long ago. Did the newbies think that Veer would really ever get to wave at Morden's lifeless head? No, I didn't. No, I don't think any of us would did just that <laughs> first no. was, time. No. Yeah, it was just a nice Easter egg, really, wasn't it? So, yes, it on is. with the email. The showdown between the Shadows and the Vorlon may not have been the largest face battle ever, but he could have been the most confusing. There's a lot to say. When elephants fight... It's the grass that gets trampled. I would have expected Sheridan's feet to protect the planet and not try to get between the shadows and the Vorlons. But things somehow worked out anyway. When the Vorlons withdrew their planet killer from Centauri Prime, we get to see one of the most awkward hugs ever as Londo and Vera embrace. <laughs> Those two have a lot of history, and it wasn't so long ago that Londo tried to uh, treat it in very badly. Mm-hmm. This episode has its flaws, though. We're subject to a generous helping of Lorien's philosophy, and I'm so tired of the trope of the enormously powerful pangalactic being who for some reason can't interfere, but at the end of the big, bad shadows and Vorlons sounds... But in the end, the big, bad shadows and Vorlons sound like five yards being dropped off by their mummy at kindergarten for the first time. Will you come with us? Then we won't be alone. Yeah. But despite some kunky dialogue and the bizarre nature of the space battle, this episode has so much going for it that I will award it 9.5 Headless Mordens. Regards, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Victor. Next, an email from Laurie and Carl. I'll take this one. Hello, ambassadors, commander, and visitor. Our thoughts on Into the Fire, which had a very end-of-season feel, even though it was only episode six. Carl expressed that it was somewhat anticlimactic, given that there is so much more of the story to go. Our commentary? Carl thought that the last first one ship looked like an almond. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. We got the... (laughs) We get the title of the episode right away. It was a bit more obvious. It was a bit more obvious tie-in this week. Love Londo bossing everyone around as the Prime Minister. We are sure Londo will love telling Mr. Morton the news. More long speeches from Lorien. He doesn't make any more sense than a Vorlon, but it takes a lot longer for him to say nothing. <laughs> Londo's reaction when we find out that Mr. Morton killed Adira. We have never seen him so lost and hurt before. He finally knows he was completely a pawn in everything. What will he do? 
Carl predicts he will have killed Morden. Ambassadors? Well. <laughs> <laughs> how did the Centauri figure out how to kill the shadows that accompany Mr. Morden? Were they special weapons? Mr. Mort, uh, oh, wow, that was brutal blowing up the island. What will the shadows do in retaliation? Oh, they're gone, so. Oh, <laughs> of course. Not going to do anything. Of course, Marcus maneuvered to be on the White Star with Ivanova, but she is still oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> Beers wave with the flashback. It is priceless. The car was a bit sad because he was a good character. Ambassadors? Yeah. I think we'll all miss uh, Morden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Poor Londo. He can't avoid his past mistakes, even though he is trying to find redemption. Carl says he was very brave. He is. Leader. Go ahead. Uh, Lita as the Vorlon is very creepy. The Vorlons in the dream state are very strange, like mannequins in a store. Carl noted they were like something frozen, static, and unchanging. The shadows were represented by something that was constantly changing. Interesting. So that we just talked about that, isn't it? Order versus chaos. Why does everyone choose? Carl is glad Londo and Beer are planning to return to B5. We really missed them there. Nice moment with him and Beer. What did everyone think about the first ones leaving? Do you think they are gone for good? Carl thought that if this was Doctor Who, they would not be gone for good, but since this is JMS, they likely are. Quotes, uh, Ivanova, my heart and I do not speak anymore. Londo, every time I have been happy, the universe has conspired against me. Lori's ratings, eight and a half out of ten overturned tables. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> Alien, Londo, human, Ivanova. <clears throat> Carl, ratings, two comings and goings. So five overall, he, he puts in brackets. <laughs> um, uh, two comings and goings, that makes four, though. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Species, the old ones, death, the new, newly headless horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Plot, the Royal Court, ship, disco ship, it's back. And they got again. Wooing slash, yeah. Wooing slash relationship. Well, we survived. What now? <laughs> I think that's kind of like what JMS was hoping people would be thinking like, what now? Flora, poor pots pushed piteously portside. Well, <laughs> alliteration, <laughs> thank you. Actor, Peter Jurisic, camera work, dream space, dramatic movement. You must lead the people now. Comedic moment, and I'll wave just like this. <laughs> what would Sinclair do? Beating these punks the old-fashioned way. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Lori and Carl. Thanks, as always. Next, we have email from Yarsto. Okie dokie. Greetings down below, casters. And if things are going as planned, hello, old friend. Hello, old friend. <laughs> Here's my feedback for Into the Fire, a.k.a. the one where Veer gets his wish, and there's a bit of fighting as well. <laughs> this feedback will just be what I managed to take down while watching the episode through once. I don't have time for anything more elaborate because of, oh, NaNoWriMo. month yeah. targets. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so here we are, episode six of season four, and after a few episodes of preparation and a few more episodes of slowly rising action, we're now hitting the culmination of the Shadow War, now also the Vorlon War. As the episode starts, Ivanova is hunting for first ones with Lorien. Sheridan and Delenn are striking preliminary targets and moving the fleet to Coriolanus VI, 
and on Centauri Prime, Londo summons the ministers of war, intelligence, transportation, and security, which conveniently shows as Londo is gathering his wits. If I remember correctly, the ready-to-leave scene between Ivanova and Lorian was supposed to happen last episode before they went looking for first ones, but got shifted because of lack of time, thus forcing their ship to make a quick stop at B5 between finding the final group of first ones and going to the battle. There are many awesome moments in this episode, even before we get to the main events. Like Londo's explosion of anger and grief at finding out how he's been manipulated by Morden. Quick observation from Centauri Prime. Either Shadows are much easier to kill than Vorlons, or Centauri rifles are a hell of a lot better than PPGs. Good point. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Londo's willingness to die asking Vera to kill him, resonates with what we saw in Voice in the Wilderness, where Londo was one of the ones chosen for his capacity for self-sacrifice. Yes. Weird observation. Oh, sorry, Ian. So I was just going to say, Londo will do anything for Sentai Prime. Exactly the point. Weird observation. Lorian's red sleeve as he pulls Selene out of the telepathic link Reminded me of the red sleeve pulling Sinclair up in Babylon Squared. Oh. A quick final observation. Only the Vorlons use the same jump points as the younger races. The shadows just fade into hyperspace. The other first ones seem to vanish into a sort of lens flare effect. I noticed that. Maybe the Vorlons gave us that. Yeah, yeah maybe that. Right. Maybe the Vorlons were the ones that simply started building the jump gates. Yeah, that's the impression I get. When they were younger races, they built jump gates and then just didn't dismantle them. And so the younger races found the jump gates and one of them just started building more of them. And as the rest of the younger races grew yeah. up, they just started using the jump gate technology. As if it were the only technology they knew. Well, it was. <laughs> it was because it's not their technology. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole Stargate thing of uh, the gate builders. Indeed. The ancients. Okay, there you go. We figured it out. Mm. <laughs> um, quotes. Lorian, quite brave, possibly futile, but very human. Um, Sheridan, we didn't do this one, right? Oh, we missed this one. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Tell her to come in and haul ass or she'll miss all the excitement. Yeah. Glenn. All right. I'll tell her to haul ass. But that seems to me a very undignified position from which to command one of the White Star Fleet. It was, it was on my list, but I, I couldn't just go on. I, I love that because I, by now, Delenn knows exactly what haul ass means, but yeah. she's just playing with Sheridan here. She's she's probably been studying colloquial expressions. Oh yes, but still, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. This is one of one of the more colourful ones. <laughs> um, the one about say if you cannot say what you mean, you never mean what you say. Um, I'm not sure if we did this one, Lorian. You cannot win this war through force. You must understand your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Sheridan knows. What remains to be seen is whether he knows that he knows. That's a whether good he one. He knows. He knows. He knows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they know. He Does, knows. No, that you know that he knows. He no. Knows. He's had a lot of stuff like that this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the don't jinx it one. Mm-hmm. Favorite characters: human Sheridan for kicking out the first ones. 
though Ivanova's questioning of Lorian means she runs him a close second. Alien, Londo, for cleaning up Sindari Prime, with Lorian taking second place as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think Londo would have got it if we weren't getting rid of all the first ones. And Yeah, we were in mourning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would have uh, probably have given it to Via with with Londo as uh, as a, uh, a honourable mention. Ah. Yeah, and if Sheridan hadn't been so great, then uh, Morden might have had to have it because it was his exit. Yeah. All the good ones are gone. Okay, episode rating. This episode earns my first perfect score of season four. Six billion out of six billion lives saved on Coriana 6. Yarso from the Netherlands. Ah, thanks, Yarso. Thanks, Yarso. You know what uh, makes me a little bit depressed is by, you know, finishing up this war and uh, sending out Morden and all of the first ones. No more Vorlons, no more Shadows. Does that mean that we're going to have to have more Franklin stories? No. <laughs> who can tell? There's so many open-ended things uh, <laughs> uh, that there's more than yeah, enough material. Oh, well, Clarence that's plenty come of back. work. Yeah, plenty of work for predictions later on. Yes. Uh, so finally, we have an email from Melanie. And I'll take that one. Hi, down below. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Great timing to discuss the end of the Shadow War this week. This is probably one of the biggest wham episodes of the series. Yeah, I'd call uh, it that. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where to start. Sheridan keeps his promise to Ivanova. Ivanova discovers that Sinclair translated Ah Hell to Continuous Fire at some point. <laughs> fear uh-huh. yeah, fear that waves. Has to be, um, that, that has to be Sinclair's um, addition to the bar language. Yeah. yeah. Fear oh, waves yeah. Borden, and the first ones are gone. I liked seeing the Vorlons in the shadows getting told that they're just like parents arguing in front of their children and trying to force them to pick a side. At the end of that scene, the shadow that asked Lorian if he's coming with them was the first shadow I didn't think was intimidating. He just wanted his parents. But seriously, why would she order continuous fire in hyperspace and then they just listen to her without questioning? (laughs) They just go, Well, well, they are they are very influenced by the Vorlons. There's only obedience. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, that and you know she's a crazy human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's getting it up there. <laughs> <They're scared laughs> of yeah. yeah, she probably right. gave them the Avadavuri's god speech. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On Satari Prime, Londo finally finds out that it was Morden who had Adira killed. With the Vorlon planet killer on the way, he already had a reason to blow up an island. But I don't think he had planned to redecorate the royal garden before finding out about Adira. <laughs> well, Veer did ask if Morden's associates could arrange it, and Londo was one of his associates. The Vorlons also know this and are prepared to kill three billion sentients to get to Londo. The Centauri sure got lucky when the planet killer was told to come to Coriana 6. Rating 8.8. Bonus for Veer waving at Morden, 0.52. Final rating, 9.32 Veer waves. Human of the week, Sheridan. Alien, tie between Veer and Londo. Quotes. Lita, 
don't think we did this one. No, I don't think we did it. No. Okay. I've heard that some of the Vorlons would be within striking distance of Centauri Prime about the same time we reached Coriana 6. So why are we here instead of there, Marcus? Six billion lives on Coriana, three billion lives on Centauri Prime. We have enough ships to make a stand at one of them, so which do you choose? It's numbers. Cold, unsympathetic numbers. Let's just hope we pull enough of the Vorlons away to give the Centauri a chance, or if they've gotten rid of any shadow influence by now. Otherwise, I wouldn't give you two cents for their chances. I had that one as well, but uh, I couldn't take them all, could I? <laughs> um, We did this one, right? The morning gentleman? Yeah, this is your wake-up yeah. call. Okay. Um, Morden, we did the... No! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Morden, uh, we've uh, obviously done that one back in the day. And best regards, Melanie, the Kirkovian beer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Yeah, thanks for wrapping feedback up. Yeah, thanks for all the feedback, everybody. That's mail at downbelowpodcast.com or the website or the Facebook group. Thanks for 100 episodes of feedback. Yeah. Not every episode, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but <laughs> we've still got plenty more to come, yeah, so of... I don't think you've... Uh, yeah, we just want more feedback. <laughs> yeah. So let us do some predictions, shall we? The next episode is Epiphanies. Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot to predict on now, you know. What's next? Um, well, Epiphanies, I think that everybody is going to be walking around not knowing quite what to do with themselves because, you know, war's over. Um, so each of them is going to have to have an epiphany about what comes next. It's a horrible prediction for that title, but... No, that's pretty good. <laughs> not too bad. I don't know what Epiphanies is going to mean. Oh, I can um, think it's the angel episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And he just says it a million times. I've had an epiphany. <laughs> uh, Franklin has an epiphany. Oh, no. He needs more, more screen time. Oh. Just hitting on patients willy-nilly. Doesn't matter <laughs> who they are. Um, no, but I am so excited now because I'm glad this whole thing is over. I mean, it was good, but it lasted a long time. And I think we should get on to the, the psychor of it all. I knew that's where you were going. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still have that hanging over our heads, don't we? Yeah, you know, and Earth. everything with Earth, yeah. Yeah. Everything I mean, with Earth. They're still on the outs with Earth. The Centauri and Narn war are pretty much done. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all about it's all about the size at this point, I think. In a sense, Excitedly. in a sense, I would say the non-Centauri war was tied up with the Shadow War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. even in a sense. I mean, it was. Yeah, Londo released all of the Narns, and mm-hmm. but that's also what happened. You know, that's kind of also why you know Earth and Babylon Five are on the outs too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that will, uh, how they'll, if they'll come back together, but how they'll come back yeah. together because Sheridan just basically saved the galaxy so Earth can't really be too upset with him at this point can they but they lost their powerful allies mm-hmm. um, that were going to help them do nefarious things somehow True. Um, 
So that's going to be interesting. And we also have the whole Garibaldi thing, which is probably tied up with the size. So maybe he was setting it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the upcoming amazing sinus that's yeah, going to happen. There's, there's got to be stuff there. Also, we have a future that we know of what is to come. And things are not going to be good on Centauri Prime. No. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the Shadows did have some allies that weren't old ones. Yeah. To help out. But I mean, think about it. Okay, so the first ones have gone, right? Uh-huh. So who are the most powerful people? It's people with these enhanced abilities, is it not? Yeah. You know? Hi. The size. Those are hmm. really the most. And uh, probably the Membari are up there. Yeah, I mean, Bari size. So, I mean, that's, are these I, the new, you know, the new godlike people? Yeah, um, because somebody has to, you know, kind of stake a claim of you don't mess with us because mm-hmm. now there's no Vorlons or Shadows to intercede. Mm-hmm. No. And then, you know, the, it's all wide open now. I mean, there's who is the most powerful? And does, does that, what happens now, you know? Is yeah. There, and who might those shadow allies be? Right. And yeah. there has to be a uh, a baby. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't see <laughs> him in this episode. But how are they going to have a baby when they don't even barely kiss? Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want, we I mean, if, if we're going to do this, let's just do it. Let's just do it all. <laughs> we <laughs> didn't see him in this episode. You've not even talked about what's going to happen to Jakar yet. Oh yeah. Hold, hold on one second. Do you think we're gonna see a wedding? Oh my god. Like a three day <laughs> Mimbari wedding. Um, I mean we already saw a Mimbari wedding once, you know, back in season one. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a terrible human proposal. Um Oh god. I guess so. Probably. I mean it's not like they've got anything at the moment holding them back, so yeah, she gets knocked up. They're like, hey, yeah. we probably should just get married now. Yeah. Justice of the peace. Maybe Garibaldi <laughs> marries them. <laughs> Zach. Yeah. Says the best is like the ring bearer. Yeah. And, Witnesses. Yeah. Ivanova <laughs> Lanier, who is crying into his handkerchief. I've just had a horrible thought as well, because um, I really can't remember where we do actually see Clarence again. But what if Clarence was the first one and he had to go beyond the room? So why would you say that horrible thing to say? It's awful. And uh, the fact what that about... you don't remember Clarence is <laughs> just, just, just why? unspeakable. Why are we? Why would we continue this podcast when there's no hope? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or you're not as invested in Clarence as we are. So, and Will already said that Clarence is coming back. So, oh, oh, right. oh yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. That was your line. Yeah. Well, no, I couldn't remember, but now I actually oh. do remember seeing him again. I do now. Oh, it's just I did it before, and I'm, my mind was on the whole thing of um, coming up with a weird, weird reason why we don't see him again. <laughs> just like, just like Kodoth out in space, floating <laughs> yeah. by the windows. Um. <laughs> and what have we finished the purpose of um, Drawl? Or I wonder if he's. If that whole thing is coming back, because I don't know, still. that was supposed to be for this war, and they just never used it really that much, or yeah, well, maybe they will still need it, like because he can pretty much only protect Babylon Five where it stands, so right? Maybe that will come into play at some point. 
Okay, uh, Jakar. Oh, Jakar. Okay. Well, he gotta come back to Babylon 5. Yeah, see, I would like to see all of this gathering back to Babylon 5, because, you know, we've spent quite a bit of time off-planet, on different ships, on everywhere else, but let's get back to what we know. Yeah, and, um, there's no war anymore, so they can reform the Kari, I guess? Uh, maybe? I don't know how that's gonna work, but... Yeah. So he should be able to be a full ambassador again. That's what I was going to say. What will his title be now? Will he be an ambassador again? Or because he always has to have something. Or will he remain citizen Jakar? Probably, I would guess ambassador again. I mean, if Narn is is not subject to Centauri Prime anymore. um, Remember, the the Narn wanted him as uh, their leader. So they probably want him to get home. Oh, like King King Jakar or something? Yeah, something like well, that. What is their leader? Like, he did uh, turn that down, like he did. He did. But you never know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I want to see him with the crown on or whatever. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's this is like real turning point. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Oh yeah. It was a year everything changed. Yep. Boy, did it. Already. And it's still changing. Yep. So, one time you said, like, we couldn't see some photo or something because there was a major cast member that wasn't in it yet. Is that still the case? Yeah, there's still stuff ahead. Major characters still to be introduced. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's all for me. Yep, I'm out. Okay then, bring on episode one hundred and one! Right. Yay! Oh, yeah, and thanks for having me on episode one hundred. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank yeah. you for coming again. Always good to have you back. Thank You've you. probably been on more than anybody, so it's fitting. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, I'm going to clear my throat. So. Okay. <laughs> Feeling better? Well. Yeah, I feel better now. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Epiphanies. But until then, goodbye. Be seeing you. Bye, stroke off. And stop lurking in the shadows. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 